Hello, KBMD Health family and GCP Gut Check Project fans. How are y'all doing? I hope everyone is staying safe through the continuing pandemic. And now it's time for COVID file installation number 10. Essentially, what we've got today in this episode is a second part to COVID number nine, the breakdown of the NRF2 pathway. And in this one, we're going to talk about how in the world can you energize your NRF2 pathway to stay safe, to keep away bugs like viruses, bacteria, to basically live longer, don't age. It's really, really cool natural science. And, you know, of course, my co-host, Dr. Brown, is going to break it all down for you, not just an opinion, but using real clinical data and research articles. That's what this entire show and program is all about, bringing the facts to you so that you can you can make a difference in your life for you and your family. So let's hop to it, get to our sponsors. Of course, today's show brought to you by Unrefined Bakery. Go to unrefinedbakery.com, get incredible food. Not just food that tastes great, but it's also great for you. Use code GUTCHECK and save 20% off your first order. There you're gonna find crazy things like gluten-free, incredibly tasting desserts, breads. Of course, get a bag of mix. If you like trail mix, they make the best mix, and that way you don't have to worry about you having a, uh, an achy stomach or any type of crazy afterthoughts of, I shouldn't have had that mix because it's kind of incredibly delicious. Uh, some people say that the, the nickname for the mix is crack, a bag of crack. So buy a bag of crack, also known as the mix, from Unrefined Bakery. Use code GUTCHECK, save 20% off of your first order. You don't even have to leave the house. They'll deliver it to you. Also, oh, and that's coast to coast, by the way. Also, Atron Teal, the namesake of the first over-the-counter product. That's right, I said first, because there's more coming. Available from the very own Dr. Kenneth Brown. Of course, Atron Teal, chock full of polyphenols. It doesn't matter if you're a active athlete or if you simply suffer from uh, gastric distress, digestive issues. Atron Teal is designed to deliver polyphenols where they work best inside your small bowel and all the way down to your colon. So Atron Teal, go to lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD and pick up a bottle today. Also available just to be delivered to your door. Lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD. Get Atron Teal today. And last but not least, if you've not visited the store at kbmdhealth.com, go to kbmdhealth.com or you know what else? You can just type in gutcheckproject.com and it will still take you to the same page where you can scroll up and down through the store of only three products that Dr. Brown features. That would be Autron Teal, KBMD CBD, which is of course vetted, tested, clinically proven, and Broccoli Pro. That's sulfurophanes. This is going to be critically important for you. Use code GCP, save 20% off of any order, kbmdhealth.com for the store. Get some today. Save money. Save your life. Save your friends. Save money in everywhere you can. And at the same time, stay healthy. That's what this entire program is all about. So let's get on to NRF2 Pathway Part 2 here in episode number 10 or file number 10 of the COVID file. Really appreciate. Like and share, like and share. Thank you all so much for everything. And uh, we will get this program started now.
All right. Welcome back to COVID Files. This is actually an extension of COVID Files number nine. So we used to call them 9.5 when we brought in Dr. Ackerman. We, should we just call Correct. this nine plus? Ah, uh, man, I think we got to call it COVID File 10. It actually deserves its own thing. Now, I, I understand that you've gotten some... Some listeners that maybe were a little bit um, dismayed by how we ended the last podcast. Can you go ahead and get everybody up to date in case they didn't see it? So there's there's actually a lot of things to attack. Number one, we had COVID file number nine. And in COVID file number nine, we talked specifically about the NRF2 pathway. And we laid it all out there, leading people up to the fact that uh, how do you supplement the NRF2 pathway because of how beneficial it is. If you've missed that, don't watch this episode yet. Go back, check out episode number nine. It's going to really lay the groundwork for this episode of COVID file number 10. Uh, second thing, this is our first time. This is my co-host, by the way. But what? Dr. Ken Brown. It's been a long time since we've been together this close without, without a mask on. We work together with a mask. No kidding. But, you know, thank goodness it's easy to get tested now. So at least I know as of this moment, your test was negative. My test was negative. We can be this close together. At, at least for as good as the test was, yeah. it says that we're negative. And I'm super excited that you're able to multitask during this podcast. Oh, yeah. With you being, um, so Eric, as you can see by the headphones, that he is. Uh, dual timing as a air traffic controller. Is that correct? You're getting feedback there. Is that why you're wearing the headphones and I'm not? That is why I'm wearing them. Go ahead and raise your altitude to 22,000 <laughs> feet. But yes, that's uh, we're, we're doing a little bit of double duty here. We are in the studio, but we're all alone. We don't have anybody helping us. Uh, Paul is still doing a fantastic job of doing the production after we get finished recording. But for right now, we're keeping our exposure to a minimum because this is the first time that we've been this close yeah even, it really is and on. you and i have worked together this whole time yeah several times a week but we've always had n95 masks on and so at some point you got to start to you know pushing the boundary a little bit we've got the we've got the studio let's go ahead and do this and why do i feel comfortable about this because what we're going to talk about today is an extension of last podcast check it out it's about the nrf2 pathway we'll recover that really quick just briefly go over it but i'm going to tell you how the nrf2 pathway um, can be very effective in overall health right. in multiple ways, but also the possibility that there is compelling evidence to show that if you do not have a healthy NRF2 pathway, then you are at risk for getting COVID-19. Yes. So you and I are trying to do everything in our power to make sure that we have optimized our bodies in case we get exposed. Last episode, we talked about how Joe Rogan's always saying, why don't healthcare workers talk about how to prevent getting it? And that's what that whole show was about. Definitely. So it was about the last episode, we talked about the NRF2 pathway. And so today, what I want to discuss are some papers that I have found that show how to use certain natural products to improve your NRF2 pathway. And that's right where we ended. We ran out of time last time, but specifically how this could be a new target to actually prevent SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID-19, and reduce oxidative stress and inflammation while improving your immune system overall and downregulating the ACE2 receptors. So it's kind of crazy because it's like the panacea. When we start talking about this pathway, and I started looking into these different papers. I'm like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Right. And I think that frequently you and I have kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit and talked about stuff before everybody else was because we're, well, because we're just 
two turntables and a microphone? <laughs> I don't know, because we have the access to some microphones? It's just, yeah, we have access to microphones, but even more importantly, it's science-based. What we're doing is we're staying true to the whole origination of the, or origination, origination, origination of the program, which is we're finding compelling evidence to talk about as it applies to not only our, but your health. Yeah, and so I think something that we have the ability to do is that being in healthcare and having access to wonderful people that help us out, like Angie Cook, where we can get these articles and say, Angie, I want to talk about NRF. You know, just unloads incredible articles on me, and then we go through and sift through this. It's um, essentially what we're not um, making any claims. We're not saying anything to run out, and this is what's what you should go do. Remember, the disclaimer is. Although I'm a doctor, Eric is a CRNA, we are not your CRNA and your doctor. If you do have anything unusual going on, if you have that weird rash, or if you believe that you need to um, dogmatically look at something that we're talking about here and say, I'm going to do this, it's going to protect me, that's not what I'm saying. Talk to your doctor. What we're giving you is information. We're giving you science-backed information. You do with it what you want. Ideally, I want you to take it to your doctor and say, look, these guys are talking about this. Maybe right. we should be talking about this. Right. So that's sort of the disclaimer right there. But it's all based on science. So recap. <clears throat> uh, we did talk about the NRF2 pathway, and we discussed how ridiculous the acronym is. The acronym is <laughs> Nuclear Factor E2 Factor Related Related Factor. I'll say that one more time. Nuclear Factor E2 Factor Related Factor. Hence the F2, which is really funny. (laughs) All right. It's the master regulator of cellular health, and it detoxifies all your cells. It stimulates cellular defense, and if any type of insult starts happening, it protects the cell. Specifically, when we're talking about SARS-CoV-2, it actually downregulates the um, ACE2 receptor, which allows the SARS-CoV-2 to attach. And I'm going to throw in a new term that we did not talk about last time because now it's relevant. The, in normal conditions, your NRF2 pathway remains suppressed and kind of controlled like a cage using something called the cytoplasma repressor protein KEEP1. That is the K-E-A-P-1. Talk about bad acronyms. Whoever decided the NRF2 decided that the KEEP1 The acronym stands for Kelch-like erythroid cell-derived protein with CNC homology-associated protein 1. Cannot make that up. Like, whoever was discovering this did not go to any acronym training at all. No. We thought the NRF was bad. Now I'm going to tell you that there's something called the KEEP1 protein, which doesn't allow your NRF to become activated. This is going to be relevant when we get into the next section. Interesting. And so... In response to any type of damage or attack or oxidative stress, the NRF2 will actually separate from the KEEP protein, which is controlling it, dive into the cell, hop into the nucleus, and then turn on 250 genes. That's what makes it so amazing. Wow. So it's this one thing that does this. That's why it's the master regulator. So in the last episode, we discussed about how the role of the NRF2 pathway is beneficial in brain inflammation, cancer prevention, autism, environmental toxins, and pollution, all based on studies. And we discussed all of that. Anti-aging, dementia. In addition, we discussed about how if you do not have a properly functioning NRF2 system, this can lead to obesity, diabetes, hypertension, and we know that if you are obese, older, have high blood pressure or diabetes, you're at significant risk of having a bad outcome from SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. Yeah, and, and uh, don't forget uh, premature aging. 
and the whole premature aging. I thought on our last episode we discussed how obesity comes down to cellular oxidative stress. You may be a little overweight because your cells are struggling to get rid of the oxidative inflammatory process that's going on. Correct. So, all right. So, um, we also discussed how SARS-CoV-2 makes our cells more vulnerable because that nasty little virus, the pandemic that's screwing us up, actually works to suppress the NRF2 pathway. It knows that NRF2 is going to kick its ass so it does this whole thing where it tries to overwhelm your NRF2 pathway. That's why we believe that certain people are at higher risk for having bad outcomes. It, it, it's a bully. It picks on, you know, I'm going to find somebody with a weakened NRF2 pathway. What was the, uh, what was the analogy we came up with? Uh, cutting the phone lines before you break into a bank. Basically, we're, we're stopping the ability for the, the rescue mechanism to work. We're not allowing it to work. Yeah. So the biggest question we, we have here is, is that all these people are being exposed. Why do some people go through these horrific things? Why do some people have long-term um, residual uh, bad outcomes like pulmonary fibrosis and stuff? Right. And now I'm learning step two that nobody's talking about. The virus seems to do this much more effectively and have much more deleterious outcomes um, when people have these other diseases, which could be related to the NRF2 pathway. So in other words... NRF2, super important, and now we're going to bring it into 2020 right now during a pandemic. How does this affect us? So That's a lot. but it's That's dumb. what the whole episode was about before. Yeah, that was just the summary. So we just crammed a full <laughs> hour into just there. So, all right, so now we ended the show with saying, okay, this is your NRF2 pathway. Hopefully you listen to it. If not, just know that it's super important. You can keep listening to this. The NRF2 pathway master regulator and will at least have some built-in mechanisms to fight viruses that are going on. So I want to talk about two natural ways to keep your NRF2 pathway in great shape. Okay, let's do it. All right. So first one, this is very, very dear to me. This is why I like how everything starts coming together at some point. First topic, sulforaphane. Sulforaphane. I have talked about sulforaphane for years. Yes. All thanks to Rhonda Patrick in a YouTube video and her going on Joe Rogan and discussing it. I've gotten um, super into sulforaphane. It is one of my favorite topics. Briefly, sulforaphane, if you're a geek and you want to really know what's going on, is an isothiocyanate. Isothiocyanate. And what this is is the molecule that is found in cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, things like that. And when these cruciferous vegetables are in their sprouted form, meaning it's a little teenager, a juvenile, oh, okay. a juvenile broccoli, uh-huh. they tend to have much higher amounts of the Super precursor oh. ah. of the precursor that our bodies can then make sulforaphane. There we go. And so this was actually it's really exciting, discovered by doctors at Johns Hopkins in 1992. Since then, thousands of articles have been shown documented the beneficial effects of sulforaphane. And they have shown 39 distinct uh, health mechanisms, including blocking inflammation like we talked about, promoting brain health, promoting anti-aging, general glossy things, but there's so many studies on this. The problem is this. The precursor to sulforaphane is a molecule called glucoraphanin. Glucoraphanin becomes sulforaphane when the broccoli sprout is chewed it releases an enzyme called myrosinase. So basically, the broccoli sprout sitting with this molecule called glucoraphanin okay. 
when you eat the broccoli sprout, you release this enzyme called myrosinase, which converts glucoraphanin to sulforaphane. Easy enough, right? So far. So, it, bottom line is we have known that the second that sulforaphane was discovered by Johns Hopkins, people have been chasing that idea because they're like, that's something that nobody else has tapped on. It sounds to me like what we're alluding to is a little bit of a stability issue, probably long term, and, and how to deliver this if someone isn't going to directly eat juvenile or adolescent broccoli sprouts, right? Correct. So, what has been shown by the Johns Hopkins people is that the amount of glucoraphanin, which can actually be absorbed to then be converted, right? So, now we're talking about just absorbing the glucoraphanin and then converting it, is somewhere around. Two to fifteen percent. Okay. So extremely poor bioavailability, and the biggest problem is that sulforaphane is extremely unstable. So you can't just get a bucket of sulforaphane and just put it there. Yeah. So if you go to Amazon, and I've done this because when I was looking at sulforaphane, <laughs> I got super excited until I started uh, listening to a bunch of other doctors describe all this and scientists. You're gonna find a ton of products out there that say broccoli sprout extract, or they're gonna say sulforaphane. You read the label, it says glucoraphanin. Right. Some of them will throw in myrosinase and so on. And Johns Hopkins did testing on a lot of these, and surprise, surprise, most of them did not have even glucoraphanin, let alone sulforaphane. So they came to the conclusion that it's really, really difficult, and we've got these products that are out there, but probably people are wasting their money on most of these. Breaking this down, isn't it possible that maybe even some of those companies that wanted to have myrosinase uh, and the gluco word, I've, I always butcher it. Glucoraphanin. Glucoraphanin. Uh, if they wanted to have those available in a delivery system, the instability of these delicate molecules even if it was tested and shown it wasn't there, it's probably already changed. It's probably just not stable enough to survive the packaging. Correct. And so even these guys even went so far as to say, okay, well, maybe they're, ra maybe they're trying their best. Maybe they're raising the broccoli sprouts. And then they started looking into the broccoli seed business. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Super cool on this one also. So uh, Rhonda Patrick goes on a YouTube video and describes all this and says, you need to make your own broccoli sprouts. So everybody ran out and started doing this. Awesome. I've even done it myself. Try to do it, and then you find out that, oh, a lot of broccoli seeds that are out there don't even have any. They're even not broccoli seeds. They're actually like alfalfa sprout seeds and really cheap ones. So it comes into that whole thing again one more time. The supplement industry, when you talk about this, unless you're doing third-party testing and looking at that, there's a high likelihood that what you're taking is a marketing ploy. That's unfortunate. Yes. And Super unfortunate. They just waste a lot of people's time. They're trying to get healthy and they're giving the wrong thing. That's yeah. not what we want to do here. All right. So this is what gets really exciting. So now really cool. So all of this has been going on um, up until 2017. So there happens to be one stable sulforaphane product in France called Prostaphane. It mm -hmm. is considered a drug and it is used to treat prostate cancer. Correct. So in 2017... The only real way to get sulforaphane was to eat broccoli sprouts. Now, we have a mutual friend, David Roberts, who unfortunately, um, he extremely intelligent man with very close ties, but his wife, Mara, uh, got breast cancer. Yes. And so he took her breast cancer cells, took it to his good friend, John Gilday. And I won't get into the story of this because we're going to have them on as guests. Right. So I'm just going to say briefly why this got developed. It was developed in the most altruistic and cool way. They took her breast cancer cells 
and they realized that what natural molecules could actually help um, curtail the cancer, what could kill the cancer, and one of the molecules they found was sulforaphane. Right. So then it was, that's great. So David went out and did the same thing that I would have done. He bought a bunch of them, and then since he has the capabilities, he tested them and found out that none of them had sulforaphane. Right. So his good friend, PhD, John Gilday, figured out a way to make the world's only stable and bioavailable sulforaphane product, which is on the market. And in fact, they have shown through third-party testing that it is exactly what they say. They have done this with every single batch, and they have the ability to check. This is what I love about this. They have the ability to check on themselves, on coworkers, on anybody that will come in, what the effect was and the bioavailability was. And so John, when we met with him, he said, oh no, we were checking the dosing. I would just check to see what my NRF2 level was and it would go up within an hour, which shows the bioavailability of this. It's doing what you wanted it to do. And what's so cool about this is that it isn't like, oh, I took it. It isn't like caffeine where you take it and you get an hour's worth of right. hit. No, they show that when you turn this on, it stays on. Yes. So what it's like a sinusoidal type wave where you're going to keep this thing going as long as you start supplementing. So that was amazing. And then they started looking at individual markers. So when we talked to John, we said, well, what else have you guys looked at? He's like, oh, well, we looked at interleukin-6. Interleukin-6 is one of the cytokines which starts the cytokine storm yep. in COVID-19. Yep. He's like, it actively decreases this, and we checked it in many different ways. It lowers something called NF-kappa B. NF-kappa B is the start of the inflammatory process. By controlling that, you don't allow a cytokine storm to happen. Obviously, they're looking at things which are related to inflammation. Sure. And then he threw out one little curveball there. He's like, oh, did I ever tell you that it increased BDNF? Brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Another dear-to-my-heart molecule. Definitely. Neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. And they were able to measure the rise in NRF2 directly at different dosing at different times. So the science is just absolutely beautiful. And then if you start looking at sulforaphane regarding COVID-19, it is well known that sulforaphane specifically down-regulates the docking protein called TMPRSS2, regardless, the docking protease, because right now we're talking protease inhibitors. Right. What sulforaphane has actually been shown to do in vitro, definitely in vitro, um, is that it can actually prevent, if the virus sees the ACE2 receptor and it comes here, it has to get close, and then it needs this thing called the TMPRSS2 to actually touch the virus and then dock it to the ACE2 receptor, it downregulates that. So it gives the virus less opportunity to infect the cell. It gives the virus less ability to land. Right. It's just like the virus is going around doing this. So keep that in mind because it's super cool. So when the NRF2 pathway is on, then you have all aspects of your innate immune health, meaning your immune system starts paying very close attention. So if you have an invader, it knows what to do immediately. So it increases your immune health. It mitigates the cytokine storm by decreasing um, IL-6, NF-kappa-beta, and all these other things. Right. And that's how you end up protecting your organs. That's how, the, when the NRF2 pathway goes up, this is so cool. So the NRF2 pathway sees it and goes, wait a minute, this virus is attaching to the H2 receptor? Everybody downregulate H2. 
I mean, you want to talk about like a cool sci-fi movie? Yeah. Go down, follow the NRF2 pathway into the cell. It's almost like this Star Wars style where it's like they're actually, we, we are being invaded. We have got TIE fighters coming in. Uh, they are only able to enter through the, the ACE2 receptor. Downregulate all ACE2 receptors. So part of the problem of, of getting sick is when a bunch of cells, uh, they encounter a pathogen quickly, right? And they all become inflamed far quicker than the body can effectively respond, right? That's when things kind of spiral out of control. Correct. So I could, I could, if we could all picture like uh, the new Dallas Cowboys Stadium, we, well, we call it new, I guess it's 10 years old now, but all 100,000 people want to go inside. They all need to get inside. They all have a ticket. They're ready to go inside. But suddenly, let's just pretend that the stadium is the cell and all of the people coming to watch the game happen to be the virus, suddenly the Cowboys say, no, 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 all of these people might get us sick. Let's shut down all of the gates to maybe one or two. And now if you had to funnel all 100,000 people, not from the 60 gates that are all the way around, but just through one or two doors, that's down regulation. That's what our cells are doing in NRF2 is taking away the availability for that, that virus to get into the cell. Yes, that's exactly it. So now imagine you're in a stadium and you've got, 10 entrances and there's a hundred thousand people trying to come in right. and the stadium happens to be somebody that d the stadium does not have a properly functioning NRF2 pathway, mm -hmm. which means before the game even happened, the stadium probably is bloated and obese sure, with some hypertension. Sure. I don't know if stadiums could do that. And then this one does. And then, <laughs> so what ends up happening is instead of having just 10 designated entrances, yeah. They've just got holes everywhere. Everywhere. There's no one's taking tickets. No one's taking tickets. You can just walk in whenever you want. Yeah. That's what it is. And that's why when people have unregulated amount of ACE2 receptors, then that's how you can end up getting so sick so quickly. So fast. So you're, I, I love your analogy. The first episode was cutting the, um, the, the phone line to a bank, and this one is football. I don't really know how your mind works, but that's just all over the place. <laughs> that's I awesome. I don't know either. <laughs> no one knows how his mind works. Um, so... You know, kind of like I mentioned, we're going to have David and John on, and we're going to let them really geek out about this. Great the, guys, too. Great guys. But the bottom line is that is not um, – sulforaphane is just a molecule that I love. They developed a product called Brock Elite, B-R-O-C-E-L-I-T-E, -E, um, which I need to talk to them about that because I recommend it to so many of my patients. And especially when I'm doing um, telemedicine visits, I say, I really need you to just pick up some Brock Elite. We need to do this. And – Without fail, they'll be like, okay, Dr. Brown told me to get this broccoli. How much do I do with this? And I'm like, no, it's Brock Elite. I need to talk to those guys about Brock Pause Elite. Yeah. So, but we're going to have them on to talk about that. So, what I love about this show, Eric, is that we. We do these shows, and I just start going down these rabbit holes, but I'm I'm a better doctor because of it. I learn a lot more because of this. Angie sends me just buckets and buckets of um, articles, and so I can go through this. So it just got me thinking. I'm like, wait a minute. Whenever we talk about the NRF2 pathway, whenever anybody's ever talked about it, it's always sulforaphane. Is there anything else that could help that NRF2 pathway? I'm really glad you asked, because <laughs> if you didn't, then I'd have nothing else to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about golf because you really teed it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so no more dad jokes. All right, so um, so every single show we learn more and more with this, but then I started going down the NRF2 pathway and working backwards and deconstructing this. Found this incredible article that talked about, and this is the actual title of the article published just last month, 
Um, the potent antiviral effects of the NRF2 pathway and how to naturally raise it using polyphenolic compounds. Okay. All right. So what this article showed is that they first, and we've discussed this on the show, they looked at the potent antiviral effects of polyphenols. They looked at compounds like quercetin and green tea extract specifically. They wanted to know that although these polyphenols, we've shown multiple times, do amazing things to mitigate your immune system, they too are anti-aging molecules, and they actually are potent antioxidants. They said, well, what if some of the benefit of polyphenols is actually due to the NRF2 pathway? Dun, dun, dun. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I'm over here, everyone's looking at sulforaphane, and these guys are like, well, wait a minute. We, we just got done describing anti-aging effects, anti-blah, blah, 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 of the NRF2 pathway. And what if some of the benefits that we're seeing with these other molecules, like polyphenols, right. can actually increase the NRF2 pathway? So these guys look specifically at that. What they wanted to know is if these polyphenols can increase the NRF2 pathway, which will help fight COVID-19. Bold statement. Love these guys. That's huge. So what these researchers were able to show is that these polyphenols can increase the NRF2 pathway by blocking the keep one repressor protein. In other words, wow. they allow, they get the, think of it this way, your NRF2 is tied up by a security guard, by, I don't know, you're, you're the analogy guy, what would it be here? It just seems like that this is now a second instance of where uh, polyphenols have demonstrated that they run, they're, they're blocking. They're blocking for things to continue to happen beneficially because it also blocks that, uh, that particular enzyme that breaks down CBD and, or I'm sorry, um, uh, nandamide, right? Oh. And so if we're blocking there, we're also blocking this, oh. this little guy oh. here, keep one. So cool. I'm glad that you made that leap so quickly. Yeah. Your mental agility sometimes just impresses me. I just, just sports, sports analogies. <laughs> let me do it. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll say this again. These guys looked at it and they said it does definitely raise the NRF2 pathway. We believe it does it in a different way that sulforaphane does. Sulforaphane directly uh, releases NRF2 through this crazy biochemical wave and definitely it is the most effective way to turn on the NRF2 pathway, sulforaphane, but these guys showed, hey, when you add polyphenols to it, they take care of the security guard that's holding onto your NRF2, and they go, hey, come here. And they hug, they hug the security guard. <laughs> and so it allows the NRF2 to get free, hop in the cell, and turn on 250 genes. That's right. When you're under stress, chronic stress, you have more security guards. You have more keep one. The more inflammation you have when it tips the scale, a little bit of inflammation turns on your NRF2, too much inflammation, and for whatever reason, the keep one doesn't let the NRF2 out. So you spiral downhill quickly. Interesting. It's almost like, a, uh, in medical terms, it's called a negative feedback loop. It's almost enhancing the bad effect. Almost enhancing the bad effect. Yeah. And in addition to the antioxidant properties that they showed with the polyphenols, by keeping the uh, reactive oxygen species lower, mm -hmm. that negative feedback loop doesn't happen because the keep one protein doesn't realize that there's chaos going on. So in other words, the polyphenols go, hey, come here, go ahead and give me a hug. And then the other polyphenols go, clean up the mess, clean up the mess so this guy doesn't get all 
Nice. Eager and be like this over aggressive bouncer or security guard or but something. But what a great compliment, though. So n- now we not only know how to enhance the activity of the NRF2, but now we also know how can we allow the NRF2, once the pathway is activated, to do its job better. Oh, yes. So if you haven't put it together yet, I'm giving you a secret recipe on how to turn on your NRF2. So once the NRF2 is turned on, it'll maximize the effectiveness. And especially when the polyphenols are around and they take care of the antioxidants, the NRF2 doesn't have to worry about that. And it turns on more cells saying, just go down. Let's let's get all these cells in line. Let's really ramp it up. We are ready to do battle. So in conclusion, what they said was the author said that we should be taking certain polyphenols to work as both a direct antiviral, a direct anti-inflammatory, and for the first time ever written in literature, directly increase the NRF2 pathway. That's amazing. It's the first time I've ever come across this. Ultimately, the authors are quoted as saying, these results may provide a new method for discovering NRF2 activation. It's just, it's quite impressive because we, we are, I feel like we're pressed for information right now because we're living in a pandemic and we're all trying to find our ways to return to normal. But this stuff doesn't end with the pandemic. This is, this is protecting your health and your life and the cells from overinflammation. Anyhow, it just so happens that they're saying, keep this system in your body enhanced. It still works for you. Do these things. It's still here to protect you. Absolutely. So that was one incredible article. So Kudos to those authors. They said, hey, does, does the NRF2 pathway help with COVID? Yes. Oh, what are other things that we can do to take this? Hmm. Because very few people even understand that broccoli exists. Right. Oh, and yeah. so you've got all these people buying broccoli sprout extracts, which is doing nothing. And now they're saying, okay, since now we've got this ability to have a stable sulforaphane, and now we have this ability to have this polyphenol, which can actually help free up the NRF2. Right. So it got me thinking, is anyone else looking into this? And as it turns out, I found another super cool publication. Oh. Specifically on, I'm going to love this, olive oil and wine polyphenols and its modulation of the NRF2 pathway. That's nice. That's good. That is awesome because these guys showed significant increase in the NRF2 activity from the polyphenols in olive oil and in wine. These are the polyphenols that, that we work with because they're large, stable polyphenols. The first article was looking at smaller phenolic compounds, meaning they're looking at very little small branches. Quercetin's a small branch of a larger polyphenol. Right. And green tea extract, ECGC, is a smaller branch of this large green tea molecule. These guys said, hey, you know what? We're seeing the same thing. The conclusion is that it's not just the antioxidant effects of these polyphenols that make them incredible, but it's the ability to turn on the NRF2 pathway is a novel and new concept that needs to be further investigated. I kind of feel like we're saying stuff like, I don't think other people are reading these articles because this is nuts what I just said. I just said that large, stable polyphenols can turn on your NRF2 pathway. Nobody has ever said anything like that to me. No, I haven't heard that either, but it made me think of something, though. We, we talk about uh, what constitutes a high-level CBD source. And one of the things that we've that we've not only talked about but we've seen clinically is that full spectrum uh, CBD tends to be the best method. This is almost like we're endorsing a natural full spectrum polyphenol source. Ooh, we're gonna get to that. 
All right. So now at this point, I'm just like, there's no way. I'm preparing for this show. I could stop right here and say this is, you know, mic drop. Pow. There it is. But I'm like, no, 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 no. There's, when you start going down these rabbit holes of research, then you start looking at the references that other people do, and then you start looking at the authors, and then Andrew will be like, you're not going to believe it. Check this out. <laughs> and she sends me this one that she found an article looking at alcohol-induced liver damage in mice, and if improving the NRF2 pathway will help attenuate that. Now, this one is, rele- is, is relevant for this discussion because although it's not about COVID, these authors are looking at improving the NRF2 pathway to improve a chronic disease, alcoholic liver disease. So what these researchers did is they did the same thing that most researchers do when they look at polyphenols. They looked at using curcumin. Curcumin is a polyphenol well-known. And bisulin, B-A-I-C-A-L-I-N, Bruce Burnett, um, which is a PhD that has worked with us. That was one of the molecules he worked with. He's probably saying, you're saying it wrong. I know, you're probably saying it <laughs> wrong. Sorry, Bruce. Yeah. Bakelin, um, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's something. Um, those are two small polyphenols. And what they showed is, is they were able to induce alcoholic liver injury to mice. And uh, I don't know how they did it. I know what you're going to say is, I don't know. I don't know what they like to drink. I don't know if it's tequila 512. Yeah. Probably it's tequila 512. The favorite, the favorite tequila of mice all over. <laughs> so tequila 512. Check it out. That's Eric's other company. Um, So what they did is they looked at this, and they were shocked to see that each one of those increased, or number one, the mice that received the polyphenol compounds had protection against liver disease from the alcohol. It's huge. Huge. Then they said, well, is it the antioxidant effect, or is it the NRF2? Then they checked NRF2 levels, and the ones that had the most protection had the highest rise of NRF2. Interesting. Huge. Then, I'm so glad this researcher did this, what if we used both of them? Yeah. So then they they combined it. Yeah. And guess what they saw? Better. Exponential growth of the NRF2, exponential decrease in in inflammation. And this comes back to something that you and I have talked about so many times. Whole plant versus molecular pharmaceuticals. It's been, we've seen it time and time again from from isolated pharmaceuticals on and on and on. And now we're talking about really just small natural derivatives, but still better in their larger state, right? That's exactly what it is. And so we have talked about this that we have a very hard time beating Mother Nature. Yeah. And, you know, and I realize that the pharmaceutical industry continually does this where they say that molecule does this. We can mass produce it and I, I think that in many ways it works extremely well and in other ways I think that we have we're just not smart enough to do this this is a great example so I'm gonna throw out a concept here that I, I don't think a whole lot of scientists are thinking enough about this um, the whole plant or the large stable polyphenol so the large stable polyphenol knowing that this other study looked at two smaller polyphenols they said hey what if we put them both together Hey, there we have that. Looking at the study that looked at whole olive oil polyphenols, which contains many of them, whole wine polyphenols, which had tremendous increase in the NRF2. So we've got a friend, um, Sylvia, who's a PhD in Spain, and she published in her thesis this incredible article where it looked at large stable polyphenols like quebracho and, and chestnut, quebracho and chestnut, and then she showed what happens when it becomes digested. And then she took those same polyphenols and she put them in a 
I guess, a theoretical microbiome. Uh She fermented them and allowed bacteria to do this. And then she did a mass spectrometry, if I'm saying that right, about the molecules produced. And it's really cool because guess what happens when you have a large, stable polyphenol? You end up producing ECGC, which is green tea extract. You end up kicking off quercetin. You end up kicking off these larger tannins, which then get broken down. In other words, give your body the largest template, let your body decide what it wants to do with it. And so that's kind of my take on this. So kind of kind of thrilling. I think the future of this research is going to be large, stable polyphenols, let your body do what it wants, and it's going to increase the NRF2 pathway. I think that's awesome, and it makes sense, and it just so happens to continually fall in line where Mother Nature knows the answer. They know She knows the way. So here we are. We know that the NRF2 pathway is the master regulator and probably one of the major defenses against COVID-19. And we are slowly meeting a whole lot of very influential, important people in this field. And one of them is friends with Dr. Fauci. And you said, man, we need Fauci on here. And I want to pin him down. I'd be like, why why ain't you talking about the NRF2 pathway or something like that? Just, you know. Just why aren't we talking about it? I don't have any idea. I, it, it, it's unfortunate that it, that it took until the last year and a half for us to have these kinds of discussions. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's technically a relatively new discovery compared to yeah. other things that everyone's more familiar with. However, I think it's a critical discovery on how we control disease going forward. Yeah. Right? And I, you, you're probably looking at me like, why did you just throw in that weird sort of southern accent like you don't really and what i like to do around much smarter people is just really hit the i just want to just act like i know absolutely nothing so i don't have to live up to anything yeah so if Fauci ever came here i'd be like wait why aren't you talking about the nrf2 pathway he'd be like what in the world this guy's a doctor yeah it's it's interesting how you turn into ross perot all right so anyways we know the nrf2 pathway is a master regulator it may significantly help fight COVID 19 Sulforaphane directly stimulates NRF2. Polyphenols stimulate NRF2 by, and I didn't, it was spoiler alert where you were going there, blocking the inhibitor protein called KEEP1. Then I went into more detail because I just went down a quick rabbit hole. Guess what else it does? What's that? It upregulates the KEEP1 esterase enzyme that breaks it breaks down. Breaks it down. Oh, okay. So just like when you brought up FAAH. Yeah where polyphenols decrease that, this one increases that. Like, it's crazy how smart Mother Nature is. It's just crazy. So, bottom line is, we've got sulforaphane, which directly stimulates NRF2 pathway. We've got polyphenols, which decrease the inflammatory pathway, same, same as sulforaphane. But the polyphenol goes, oh, look, there's sulforaphane. I'm going to tie up the security guard and let sulforaphane do its job and allow the NRF2 to go up. In other words, my question is this, what is my NRF2 levels? I would love to call up John Gilday and say, let's check mine, because nobody's done a study. I just showed two, three different studies on polyphenols. Nobody has shown a study on what if a guy like me, who's been taking regularly Atrantil, which is stable polyphenols, and I take broccoli, which is a stable sulforaphane, what is my NRF2 level? Pretty excited to see what that would be because theoretically, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got it ramped up. What a crazy concept. It kind of made me think of something like an application. You made the 
reference to the uh, protection of the liver, mm-hmm. right? And for people who have um, alcoholic-induced uh, hepatic issues. So what if, um, and I'm just throwing this out there, college kids, for instance, what if part of a wellness check was to keep tabs on a college kids NRF2 pathway, knowing that they, if they've already admitted that they probably consume alcohol, but you're giving them a barometer saying, look, I, we know that you're young and you're doing this partying, but you need to make certain that you are having this level of protection. Cause it seems like a lot of, a lot of people understand to protect their liver. Don't, uh, don't consume too much Tylenol for instance. Well, knowing that what if in your back pocket, you also knew, okay, yes, I do hang out with friends, right? Enjoy an occasional drink every now and then. It may actually consume a little too much, but I need to know that I'm giving my body the defenses it's necessary to protect my liver. I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting to use a test like that and make it where it was just the same as checking blood pressure. Oh, I mean, I like where you're going with it, but I'm just going to take it to a, a grander scale. Right now, everybody's going back to college. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had some sort of rapid NRF2 test? And it's like, hey, look, your NRF2 is really low. Yeah. I, why don't we, why don't you, or before you come to college, why don't, why don't we work on getting that up? Because you will stand a better chance of not having <clears throat> a significant bad outcome if you were to get exposed to SARS-CoV-2. Yeah, it's like a pandemic seatbelt almost. It's almost like it's, 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 your, it's your shield to go back out in the, into the world and give yourself the best protection right. possible in addition to the mask. Oh, speaking of best protection pros, uh, possible, you were hinting towards the FAA, FAAH. We've done a whole podcast on that. That is um, the enzyme that breaks down your body's own anandamide. Right. And we can get into that. So, oh, yes, found an article, went down another rabbit hole. Oh, no. Yeah, as it turns out, anandamide and 2AG, guess what they do? They turn on the NRF2 pathway. So we want that. We want that. So you need a properly functioning endocannabinoid system. You need some polyphenols to help the sulforaphane do it. I mean, if you were to take, theoretically, if you took atrantil, broccoli, and KBMD Health CBD, it's almost like a, a great biohack. It's not like a great biohack. I think it is one. I mean... This is anecdotal, but everyone I know that takes those almost daily doesn't have COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, truly anecdotal. But no, um, all that being said, I mean, think about this. So just to sort of recap this, the first episode was about how important the NRF2 pathway is. And it is super important. And we get into the science of it. This one specifically discusses natural products, which even if they didn't affect the NRF2 pathway, are extremely beneficial for you. They're extremely, they're anti-aging, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. We can get into the um, the polyphenol aspect of how it improves health performance, about how it increases nitric oxide. Oh, no time on this one here, but yeah, found some articles, how certain polyphenols increase BDNF. In other words, all polyphenols that are checked increase BDNF. BDNF, we're gonna do a whole episode on that, because that's another one of my favorite things to talk about. That is something to improve. Everything's about brain gut to me. It, Everything is brain gut. If yeah. you protect the gut, you protect the brain. And, you know, we're going to have a. You know what we should do? And we, we're, we've been pretty good about doing this. But, yes, we do, we do know quite a bit uh, about Atron Teal, Broccoli, and KBMD, CBD. But to be fair, 
um, sources of getting uh, sulforaphane. Obviously, just like he said, natural, real broccoli sprouts, right? The next thing for polyphenols, you can get it from fresh fruits and fresh vegetables. Polyphenols are those really colorful or the things that make your fruit really, really colorful. And then, of course, a reputable CBD. So what I'm saying here is even if you don't use any of the stuff, take that knowledge. Find those things to supplement your diet daily so that you can arm yourself and be safe. If you can't find one of these for some crazy reason, if you're listening to this, you should be able to. But if you can't, find the foods that Mother Nature is providing us all with. And really what we're trying to do is make certain that you're getting your daily dose of all three of those things. Yeah, so if you're sitting there, if you have a rainbow-like plate and some sprouts. By the way, sprouts are super easy to grow. It says so if, if you're not into supplements, you're into the food. Um, a lot of people have great evidence to sh- or a lot of people have great tutorial videos of how to make it. Um, I've done it. It's super easy. You just have to make sure that you get the right seed. If you go to the broccoli.com website, they mm-hmm. actually have seeds that they have tested so they can tell you which brands if you want to get because it's kind of a fun thing to do. You got to cut them at around nine days, I believe. And that's where it's at uh, because of my lifestyle. Um, I try to eat a healthy diet, but I also understand science like this. So I, I augment it a little bit and I try and just push the needle in the healthy direction by taking certain supplements and the supplements that I take on a regular basis are polyphenols, atrantil and broccoli and a few other things that we've discussed on the show to help for viral illnesses, illnesses and such. So the cool thing is, is that everything that we're describing about five or six months from now, somebody else will talk about and then it'll be novel. Yeah, because it's the same thing that happened early on with uh, when I went on Wellness Mama and we were talking about all that stuff, and it was we just, were, it was so we novel. I was about terrified. saying it. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm saying stuff that nobody else is talking about. <laughs> I'm going to be this pariah, but I'm standing behind the science. I'm just, it's all about the science. I'm not saying Atrantil, broccoli, or KBMD CBD does anything. What I'm saying is the molecules of sulforaphane and polyphenol have been shown to increase the NRF2 pathway. That's what I'm saying. What does the NRF2 pathway do? A whole lot. Watch the last episode that we did. Yeah, the uh, COVID file number nine. Uh, incredibly important. And honestly, probably we should revisit it post-pandemic and just dig even deeper into NRF2. I wish we had deeper pockets so that we can just go to certain, like right now with all these students going to college, we could just show up and be like, well, this college all got Brock, they all got the biohack combo. And um, oh, just compare like a large scale campus. Just yeah, just because right now we're seeing all these kids go back to college and then they're being sent back home. UNC, Notre Dame saying to they didn't send everybody back, but they're making them basically do, uh, you know, dorm schooling. Hey, Texas Tech, I just wrote a check. So if you want to offset some of that just by asking us to participate in that, that'd be really cool. I just had a student or I just had a patient that goes to Tech today and she said that they had a bunch of cases. So she's not going back. Texas Tech is going to have to, every school is going to have to do this. They're going to have to play this game. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be kind of wild. Hopefully we can just do what we can to give uh, give ourselves and our family the best opportunity to not get sick. So recap this episode for us, Eric. Um, number one, watch episode number nine. <laughs> number two, uh, we need our NRF2 pathway to be fully functioning and healthy, just like we talked about ECS hundreds of times, in order for us to be in the best position possible to fight off disease, specifically things similar to COVID-19. 
And essentially with a highly functioning NRF2 pathway, we can stave off that disease, we can decrease the inflammation, and we can actually uh, shut down the ability for things like COVID-19 to make its way to infect our cells. In addition to that, in order for that NRF2 pathway to work well, you have to make the conscious decision to take either the supplements or the correct foods to arm your body to give it the tools to make that NRF2 pathway work. Yeah. That's really what we said. We're going to be talking to different guests. We're going to be talking to Dr. Tom O'Brien about different diets to protect your gut, to protect your brain. What I really like is that our message is, is not new. It's not unique. No. And people are starting to, starting to realize it. Yeah, definitely. 100%. So, All right. So part one, NRF2. Part two, oh boy, we've got natural ways to increase your NRF2. New to me, super excited that I have this information now. And I hope it's exciting for you all. Um, I think it's really important that everyone should share this. Please, we're getting into some um, very scientific. I get that. I get it can be a little difficult to listen to, but the gist of it is you need your NRF2 improved to lead a very healthy life. You stand a better chance of undergoing some sort of insult, including a viral insult. Your body will deal with it better if you have a proper functioning NRF2. So like, share, Get yeah. this out there. Wait, the way you kind of just said that made me think of this. We can't sit here and tell you that uh, the a uh, fully functioning NRF2 pathway augmented by polyphenols, sulforaphanes, and CBD is necessarily going to stave off all of your disease. But I can tell you quite confidently that if you don't have a well-functioning NRF2 pathway, your chance of being really, really sick when you're exposed is probably significant. Yeah, and it's significant. And if you don't have a functioning NRF2 pathway, then your chance of becoming diabetic, becoming hypertensive, uh, becoming obese, developing cancer, all go up. They definitely do. So, awesome. Well, I'm glad that we closed this out. Now you have different ways to increase your NRF2. Read more about this. Look at the polyphenols in Atrantil. These are the stable large polyphenols that we talk about. Look at the science behind Brock Elite. Um, that is the world's only stable bioavailable sulforaphane, which we know that we've trust these guys. They do third-party testing. They do everything that we do at Atrantil. So that's how come we've become good friends with them and hope to continue to uh, utilize their science. They can utilize ours. We can help each other. We're going to uh, augment everything. Rock Elite also has a professional version, which is only available if there is a physician on board. And it just so happens that at KBMD Health, this guy is the KB and the KBMD, he is authorized to distribute the professional version of Broccolite. So if you go to kbmdhealth.com, go to the store, you'll find everything that Dr. Brown just laid out available as a supplement to help you build up your NRF2 as well as your ECS at uh, KBMD Health. Yeah, and the Broccolite Plus, they're smart guys. They actually have another isothionate in there that they figured out helps absorb, and they threw in curcumin, polyphenol. Right. So, like, when, when John hears this, he's just like, I've been talking about this for 10 years. Why are these guys <laughs> acting like it's new? <laughs> Thank you, John. But that's awesome. Everybody take care. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, like, share. Just get this word out. We, um, I, our, our biggest thing is if we can help one person. If we can. I hear it from my patients all the time. They're like, I feel way better. I'm like, that's awesome. I love it. Absolutely. So. Like and share. That's it. That's going to do it for uh, COVID number 10. And um well, sorry for the break between also 9 and 10. Lots of information. He really was on call last week for the hospital. So when we broke, it just happened to be at that point in time. 
Um, anyhow, we will see y'all next time, Dr. Brown. We're good. We're good. Everybody stay safe. Much love. Get your sleep. Eat well. Oh, yeah. Sorry about the weird offset here. Uh, again, we were in the studio by ourselves, so obviously it looks kind of odd with me just kind of off the side where I can fade in and out. But we'll be back next time. Well, fortunately, if you're watching this on YouTube, what you will see is <laughs> is what looks like a mane of hair coming into the picture and then eventually a face joins because Eric has yet to have a COVID haircut. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> we'll just see what happens. Say- All right, everybody. Take care.